Hi, you're listening to Friar Side Chats, and I'm your host, Emma Miller, here today with my good friend, Father Mike. How are you doing? Doing great, Emma. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am really excited to talk to you today about Pentecost. Woohoo! Yes, That's I right. thought I thought you'd be really pumped. I am. I'm, I'm glad you're wearing your Pentecost scarf. Is that your Pentecost scarf? Yes, it is my Pentecost scarf. This is the only time I will wear it. You will never see it again. Ever again. Well, once a year, you bring it out on Pentecost and wave it. It's uh, it's very beautiful. No, the scarf was a gift, and I'm trying to find ways to wear it. Very nice. So that it doesn't go to waste. Very nice. Very good. Well, that's really in the spirit of Pentecost, that we don't waste the grace that God give us, gives us, and we try and get out there and wave it. Yes. How about that? Do you like that? Yeah. That's all unrehearsed, unplanned, off the cuff. All from a scarf. That's it. <laughs> off the scarf. Off the scarf. <laughs> yeah, well, so Pentecost, um, there's a lot going on. Oh, my so gosh. Can you, can you just, uh, for our listeners out there, kind of in your own words, describe the Pentecost story to us? What's sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, one of the great, um, obviously one of the great moments uh, in the life of the church, the actual birthday of the church, mm-hmm. and so we uh, we celebrate the, that on this Pentecost Sunday, and it really it it reminds us of the moment uh, when the Holy Spirit descended upon uh, the apostles and Mary and empowered them with the Spirit of, of of God and gave them that Spirit that Jesus had promised them that He would not leave them alone and mm-hmm. sent them forth from that upper room just incredibly courageous to bring the good news to the world and so in a nutshell that's those tongues of fire that descended got them fired up and got them out there and Mm -hmm. and willing to uh to embrace their call to be leaders and uh leaders even though you know they may not have seen themselves as leaders (laughs) you know they were they were simple people they were craftsmen they were fishermen they were you know just regular folks and uh, they accepted this great uh, this great gift that was given to them in that Pentecost moment and went out. And as we know from uh, from Scripture, uh, they went out from the upper room where they had been hiding in fear, hiding mm-hmm. in secret, fearful that they too might be have the same fate as Jesus, you know, executed the way he was. And, and from that, they sort of burst out and, and went out. And as Scripture tells us, they... Um, they preached in the town and in a town where there were so many different people who had assembled from different regions, mm-hmm. um, you know, and who spoke different languages. Uh, the disciples were heard each, you know, were able to preach in different languages. And I, I just love that that imagery, you know, that um, no matter the way in which you, not just how you speak, not just your, your cultural dialect or whatever, but more importantly, the way in which... Uh, you see life. Mm-hmm. However you encounter life, God's spirit speaks to you mm-hmm. there, speaks to you in that language. And I think it's important for us to to ask ourselves, what's the language in which God speaks to us? You know, mm-hmm. that, that could be, we could do a podcast just yeah. on that. <laughs> no, but that's, uh, I hadn't thought about uh, Pentecost or like the speaking in tongues in that way, but that's really helpful for me because I, I think a lot of times I can get caught up comparing how, you know, hearing other people's experience of how they, how they feel God's presence in their lives. I'm like, that doesn't happen to me. Why don't I have that experience? Instead of like finding, like really paying attention to and holding on to the ways that I do experience God's love and not thinking of it as lesser because it's not the same as what someone else hears. So that's, 
Hmm. Yeah, so true. And also appreciating that that's the richness of the church, yeah. that uh, <clears throat> that all of that is brought to bear together in one community mm-hmm. that worships the one Lord, even though we do it sometimes in different ways mm-hmm. and do it in different <laughs> styles, but all believe in the same in the same Lord who sent us his spirit. So mm-hmm. um, that that that's really at the heart of the birth of the church, you know, that uh, we can get that kind of unity amidst that rich diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned um, earlier that this is the birthday of the yes, church. Yes, it is. Yes, Pentecost it is. Sunday. Pentecost, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it has always been amazing to me that they're cowering in this upper room and then the Holy Spirit comes and a switch is just flipped. Right. Yeah, I, you know, and, and the switch is flipped is almost makes it seem as if um, there wasn't any... Um, they didn't almost didn't have a choice, but certainly they did. First of all, they received the spirit, you yeah. know, and, mm-hmm. and so it's always a free act. It's mm-hmm. always a free act. And so and once you welcome God's spirit into your life, the power, the courage that comes from that um, is, you know, it can have that sort of switch flipping dynamic, you know, where all of a sudden it, it, it strikes us that, my gosh, I have this great gift. What am I to do with it? I just can't sit here and hold on to it in my own little silo and just Mm -hmm. keep it to myself. And boy, my life is rich and I don't really wonder about what anyone else is doing. But no, it 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 compels us like every good, wholesome, holy thing. Mm -hmm. It desires to be shared by its very nature. That's the nature of love is that it desires to be shared. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's when, you know, you're really immersed in in the life of God is when you want to share it, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's, that's the heart of love. I think about all the good ways I share with like my closest Catholic friends, um, and how we build one another up. But hearing the story of the Pentecost, I can't help but think that that might be a little bit of an upper room situation. I'm certainly not going out very much outside of my comfort zone, um, palling around with my Catholic friends and helping one another, you know, it's, it's good to grow together, but it's not really going out to the world. What are what are some ways that we can get personally caught up in our upper rooms, and how can we combat that a little bit? Yeah, of course. My first inclination is to throw the question back at you <laughs> <laughs> and say, "Gee, Emma, how do you find yourself getting stuck in the upper room? You know, just think to yourself what it was like for the disciples." in that upper room before the gift of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and what was going through their minds and how is the, how does that go through your mind sometimes and how does that get you a little bit stuck? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I certainly don't, I'm very fortunate, I don't fear death mm-hmm. from speaking about my faith, which many people in the world still right. do, but right. um, I definitely fear rejection and um, being labeled as like, I guess this is embarrassing to say, but being labeled as like the super Catholic one, even like it is very important to me and it is central to who I am, but I'm afraid being labeled as that, then they'll write me off. Um, and, and so to my, a lot of my non-Catholic friends, I, I don't really talk about, uh, you know, my really amazing prayer time that I had that day or something that was really moving and important to me spiritually. Um, and I, I think that experience is so common mm. amongst probably a lot of our listeners, even even 
you know, there's the fear that my experience isn't all that great. And so why, why would I share it? You know, yeah. you, you talked about mm-hmm. being fearful to share some amazing prayer time that you had that morning. I think a more common fear is that I might have to share that I didn't have any prayer time this morning, you know, and so I, and so my my faith isn't always yeah. where I need it to be. And too often, I think, you know, much like the disciples in the upper room, you know, the, the fear was I'm not worthy. I'm not mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I can't talk about this to other people. I, I, I'm barely you know, Catholic literate, you yeah. know, so that I think there's so much of that That's that so holds true. people in that in that locked upper room mm-hmm. that and so better, you know, better not to talk about it, you know, keep people in suspense, you know, of my ignorance rather than confirming it by opening my mouth, you know, and <laughs> and so I, I, I think that that fear uh, locks many of us in our in our upper room, myself included. I mean, there there are times when I I, I just don't feel as competent as I should, mm-hmm. being a leader in the church, being a Franciscan, being a, a, a priest. And, and man, we're all there. We're all locked in our own fear. Mm. But do we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? And that's the key here in this celebration of mm-hmm. Pentecost. Do we believe that God, you know, wants us to remain coward in our limits? No, he empowers us, empowers us in in incredible ways. It's hard to believe. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> th- think about it. Just look at the uh, the men and women who have gone before us in faith. Mm-hmm. And they shared so many of the same foibles and weaknesses and limitations that we do. Yeah. And we are here today on their shoulders, right? I mean, these were simple people. <laughs> there is no way that if you're, if you're starting a, a movement from scratch that you pick those 12 disciples. There's no way, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) you recruit, you recruit very different people Mm -hmm. than who Jesus recruited. And, and that should speak volumes to us Mm -hmm. that we don't have to uh, live up to some massive standard uh, in order to be empowered by the spirit that no, the gift of the spirit is free and it's to all of us, weak and strong, Mm -hmm. gifted, less gifted. We're all gifted in some way. Just, Accept it. Accept accept the gift. Just accept, accept it. Accept it. Take this gift now and run with it. Get out there. <laughs> yeah, well that makes me think maybe um maybe I ought to be changing up the way I pray, you know, to be um like in my prayer time, how can I ask for help accepting a gift? Isn't that kind of crazy to like Jesus, I need your help in accepting this gift. I I know that I need it and I want it, but I, I need help. And oh, but maybe the key is asking the Holy Spirit. Sure, <laughs> uh, you know I think that's a a great way on this on this feast of Pentecost mm. to think to ourselves: Do I often in my prayer visualize praying to the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I I think that's a great question in general. To whom? do I normally pray, you know, and is it just this sort of amorphous God Mm -hmm. or do I pray to the father or do I pray to Jesus or do I pray to the Holy spirit? And in which moments and what, what do I think drives some of that? But certainly to your point, um, we need to pray more regularly to the Holy spirit Mm. and say, spirit of God, help me to accept this gift of, of your life in me. Help me to accept it. Help me to, 
be grateful for it and help me to live into it Mm -hmm. in ways that I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that's going to mean today, but I will not stay locked in the upper room. Mm -hmm. I will not. Yeah. Gosh, I not, not to sound depressing, but as we have this conversation, all I can think of is I have been confirmed as like (laughs) an adult Catholic in the church. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Right. Holy cow. Am I, living up to, you know, the precedent that the apostles sure, set when sure. the Holy Spirit came down on sure. them. What was your, what name did you take for confirmation? Mary. Mary. Yes. And why did you take Mary? Um, I've always had a little bit of a personal devotion to, um, to Mary. I just think it's incredible how she says yes. Yeah. So, uh, simply and without even understanding the whole bigger picture and, she says yes to sure. what God asks of her, sure. and I, I don't do that enough, so I picked her for That's some, some help. <laughs> I, you know, I took John. The you name did. John, I did, uh, because my... Which comp- John? Well, uh, John the Evangelist. Okay. Um, and I, I took John the Evangelist only because, um, well, it's twofold. One is I like the Gospel of John, and the other <laughs> is um, my confirmation sponsor, his name was John. Oh. And so there was witness value, and mm-hmm. he was one of my neighbors, Believe it or not, an older really? gentleman. Um, he was a. a um, he had a big garden in his backyard, and our backyards were tiny, you know. But he helped me to learn how to grow tomatoes, and just was, you know, and was faithful at mass, and you know, just someone I saw something in him. And mm-hmm. so, the reason I ask about you know the confirmation name is, I think, the witness of others, whether it be Mary in your life or in, in mine, John. The witness of others has been powerful yeah. for us. And that's the celebration of the church mm-hmm. is it's the witness of others. Yeah. And and on this feast of Pentecost, we better get, you know, cracking with <laughs> appreciating the awesomeness of the witness around us, mm-hmm. you know, and start to be looking and saying, look at that John and look at that Mary and look at that. Um, Ezekiel or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know a couple of Ezekiel. You know, believe it or not, one of our, uh, one of our uh, um, Chilean uh, grad students is, uh, oh, is Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, and, I, and he's a wonderful guy and I, I, I'm, I'm impressed by him and by his faith. And so mm. that maybe that's what subtly is coming to mind, but it's the witness of the faithful. Mm-hmm. And we might not think ourselves worthy of being included in a faithful witness, yeah. but we are, oh my gosh, we are. If we simply each day pray that prayer to the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. You know, give us that spirit, give us that, that desire to be faithful witnesses in whatever way, mm-hmm. in whatever, where, whether we're at work, whether we're with our family, doing something in the community, by ourselves, whatever way, Holy Spirit, allow us to be the witness that you allowed those early disciples to be as they came pouring mm-hmm. out of that upper room. Yeah, it's it's both weighty and scary and exciting. Exciting, to, yeah. To want to take that on. But be and the scary part's real. You you yeah. talk about you know being maybe misunderstood or rejected. My gosh, the the faithful witness of those disciples from the upper room. They were all martyred. Yeah. They were all martyred, <laughs> and you pointed out so well. You know. We don't necessarily in our culture have to worry about suffering death, but maybe some small deaths will come our way. The cross is the only thing that's guaranteed for us, you know. And so in some ways, when we get out there and witness, uh, it's going to cost us. Mm-hmm. And 
that's uh, that's the life that uh, that we embrace, knowing that we're doing it for a greater good. Yeah, yeah, it is worth it. You have those moments that make it absolutely very worth it. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Father Mike. I'm gonna go and spend some time with the Holy Spirit. We right should. Now. We should. And 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 just getting excited about. We don't yet know what the Holy Spirit's going to do in our church. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we think we've got the church all outlined yep. and boxed in. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, something <laughs> better and brighter and, and more beautiful, a more beautiful manifestation yeah. of the life of the church. And we've seen that over the history of the church where, where we've had, you know, beautiful manifestations of it. Uh, over the course of its history, we've also had some sad manifestations mm-hmm. of it. But the Holy Spirit's never lost, even in those. He He allows, you know, resurrection to come yeah. from those sad those sad moments. So mm-hmm. let's get uh, let's get excited. And it's not some rah rah you know pep rally type thing. It's eyes wide open, yeah. knowing that this is going to be a challenge. But there's the, God's glory is in it, and mm-hmm. and the reason we're given the Holy Spirit is Christ wants us always to know that his presence is in our is in us and uh and so we need mm-hmm. not fear we need not fear mm-hmm. mm, so good yeah, man. <laughs> so, amen amen and you with your pentecost scarf on pentecost today scarf. way to go well you know maybe i'll just wear this throughout the year to remind me of the holy spirit very presence, good so. it would be great if it was red because red is the color for pentecost That's this true. is I'll, white and blue and something else i can't white say and black and i'm black a little pink okay it's got yeah okay i'll work on that red scarf exactly yeah yeah if exactly. anyone wants to donate a red scarf to the catholic center <laughs> we can and get father mike right. to wear yeah, it maybe good luck with that <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Friarside Chats. We've had a great time with you today. Uh, if you have any thoughts or questions or suggestions for future episodes, email me at erm13 at duke.edu. For more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Friarside Chats is supported by many generous donors, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any other ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. Thanks, Father Mike. Thank you, Em. See you guys next time on Friarside Chats. Mm-hmm.